Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. What's shaking, Allie? Not a whole lot. We haven't I... been on a podcast together in a minute. So I know, we have a lot you. to catch up on. Yeah, what are you doing this time of year? Because you're like outdoorsy extraordinaire, yeah. and you're normally like out there climbing mountains and stuff. <laughs> do you do the same thing in the fall, winter time, or do you what? What's your activity to go to? Yeah. this time of year. Well, by the time this is airing, it will be cold, and Daniel will be smiling from ear to ear, and I will be in mourning. But okay, so the fall here is beautiful. Have you gone to the gorge? Around fall and then oh. Oxier Ridge. No, I don't know what that is. No. Okay. I'm going to have to give you the deets. It's at the end of like the Tunnel Ridge Road. And the lookout is beautiful when all the trees change. So that is the one redemptive day of the fall. One redemptive day? We got <laughs> Keeneland. We got football. It's like every day oh in the fall Oh my gosh. But You're you thriving like the in the fall. day that you can go and see the trees and all the color change. It's in Kentucky, so we have great get seasons. We go. definitely get four seasons here, so it's... Each year, the great pumpkin rises out of the pumpkin patch that he thinks is the most sincere. I don't see how a pumpkin patch can be more sincere than this one. That's true. I like having I'm still hoping for, and like you were saying, in Kentucky, I feel like we have like a fake fall several times mm. so this week was like it got a little chilly a couple weeks ago right mm-hmm. and then this week it was hot again it got up to like 86 yesterday which yeah. i was thriving yeah and then i feel like looking at the weather it's getting down to the 60s i want one more flare up of heat and then i'm okay but i don't so, think we'll get it this gets back to my question what are you gonna do when it's cold like, do you I don't play know. board games with your friends like what do you do i actually last winter i got really into puzzles Which, like, I'll go in phases with puzzles, Mm. but we got in a huge routine with my old roommate and I, and we would drink tea and play this one specific playlist that was just chaotic, and we would do puzzles all the time. Mm. Ready to party! But to be clear, I'm a competitive puzzler. A competitive puzzler? Like, so my mom, I get this from my mom, whenever she... Whenever we did puzzles as a kid, when you got a piece in, what she'd do is she'd take her fingernail and she'd just keep tapping the piece until everyone acknowledged, like, oh, you got a piece in. So that became the thing. And now I do it subconsciously. So when I get a piece in, I'm like, like tap, tap, person. tap, until they're like, oh, you got a piece. So that way I'm like, hey, I got one more piece than you did. So it like it's kind know. of a competitive. Nice. Well, that sounds fun. Because so maybe I'll be my competitive wife and I puzzling. I did a national parks puzzle the other day after we went to a national park and celebrated our anniversary. And with puzzles for me, especially if there's like a lot of pieces, mm-hmm. I'm like super jazzed. I'm like, let's do this puzzle. It's gonna be fun. Then I get the border done, <laughs> and I'm like, and the fun mm, is over. Yeah, I'm good. I don't really want That's to do more. That's true. And then it sits on my coffee table for a week and a half, and I'm like, yeah, this is terrible. Well, you can do the border in like a day, and then the, you're right. The worst but part then is I just, like, like I lose there's all like a enthusiasm. thousand pieces, and you can't get any. Yeah. Until like the last 30% of the puzzle, I'm like, how was I not having a good time? This is awesome. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. No, and now it just sits there. Now it's done. My wife actually pushed me, and she did it. Now she has it done, but I just lose all enthusiasm <laughs> after the border. <laughs> All right. That's all right. We do have a good question today. Uh, we have a 
DIY Money Junior question. Allie, who's our question from today? This is from Abraham. All right, Abraham, our DIY Money Junior. What do you got? DIY! Hello, my name is Abraham, and I'm 14 years old. I've worked a couple summer jobs recently, and I've earned some money. I've been following the 70% college, 20% spending, and 10% tithe principle with all my money. I'm not a big spender, so I decided to take half of my spending money and save it for after college. I don't want that money to just sit around, but for it to grow and gain more through investments. I have no idea, though, what to invest it in. What are your guys' thoughts on some good places for me to invest that money in? Thanks. You're Abe Froman. That's right. I'm Abe Froman. The sausage king of Chicago. Abraham, you are a baller. 70% towards college, 20% towards spending, and then 10% towards tithe is fantastic. And then you went on and said, yeah, and that 20%, yeah, I actually only spent about 10% of that. I used the rest and and uh, going to put that away for some additional investments. I think that is fantastic that you're doing that, Abraham. Um one of the things that I'm thinking of immediately off the bat is if you are doing this where you're putting money into an account to invest, we're going to talk about the investment side a lot, but I do want you to consider at this young age what account you're opening and putting this money into. So if you are currently putting a significant amount away for college, that's great. I don't know where you're putting that, but let's talk about the additional investment that you have. It could be beneficial for you, Abraham, to talk with one of your parents and consider opening a custodial Roth IRA at your age to begin saving for actual retirement really early on. And it does, this doesn't have to be all of that 10% additional that you have, but putting a little portion into that Roth that's going to sit there and grow for 40 years potentially Compound interest has its magic that can work on an account like that. And in something like that, just keep it extremely simple. A Roth custodial IRA, help have your parents or folks help you do this and, and just put it into maybe the S&P 500 at this point. And that will grow and, and help way, way down the road. You'll have some, some gratification from that. So, Allie, when talking about these individual investments that Abraham's asking about, with some of that additional savings, what's on your mind? What thoughts do you have when it comes to that initial investment and saving early and starting to invest? That's good. I would say in terms of what you should actually buy, there's kind of two different routes that you can go, and it's dependent on, truthfully, how much you care. If this is something that you're really interested in and you want to learn how the stock market works and you want to get hands-on experience, then I would give you the same advice that Quint actually gave me when I was first met him and was trying to get into this world. And he w- talked about buying what you know. Mm-hmm. So not going out and buying some kind of crazy ETF about international markets that I know nothing about, but buying what I know. And so when I first started investing, some of the first stocks I bought, I think I bought like Apple because I I love Apple. I love Lamp. Uh, I bought some PayPal because I saw that starting to transpire. It's kind of when Square was becoming popular, stuff like that. And I only bought things that I 
tactfully understood. So I bought Honda. I drove a CRV. I bought Honda. Okay. Whatever it might be. So that's one route you can take is look around you. Maybe you like to play video games. Um, it Does Xbox, is that its own company or is it owned by something? Microsoft. Microsoft. Yep. There it is. I was trying to think of it. Maybe you buy Microsoft. You know, not necessarily a specific recommendation. And while, yes, there is a lot of math behind valuating stocks and you may have some big winners, you may have some big losers. I definitely had some big losers in my original portfolio, but it teaches you what it's like to watch the market move. It You have to learn the discipline of every time my stock drops a little bit, I can't just sell it. And it teaches you kind of the buy and hold principle. On the other hand, if you're not interested as much in learning that kind of day-to-day trading or week-to-week trading for the fun of it, you dropped this earlier, and so I'm not sure if Abraham will know what this is, but the S&P 500, let's talk about what that means. So the S&P 500 is kind of a basket of stocks, so it's 500 different stocks all sold to you in one as you can think about it. And so that's called an index fund. Similarly, there are mutual funds, which is a different type of basket of stocks. And those typically have a little bit less risk because you're investing in 500 companies, 1,000 companies, 80 companies, whatever's in that basket. So if your goal was, I want to have a little bit less risk, I'd like to be investing, that could be a route. If not, like I said, maybe start with buying what you know and just learning the intricacies And a lot of the challenge in the market is watching your, some days watching your stocks drop and having to learn what it's like to continually invest in that. What say you, Logan? I I love that. That's really good. And, And investing in what you know is crucial when you're starting out. But I think you have to learn, like Abraham, you have to, if you want to get into this investing world, one of the things you have to know, kind of, is what the S&P 500 is, because everyone talks about it. I mean, if you hear someone on the news or someone on uh, online talking about what did the market do yesterday, likely they're talking about the S&P 500. That's what the market is. So I encourage anyone out there that's young, starting out, saving, putting money away, you have to learn what the S&P 500 is and how it works, how it operates, what those companies are that are in there. You don't have to be able to name them off like you've memorized them all, but understanding that you have, if you buy the S&P 500, you have Apple, you have Tesla, you have Microsoft, you have those names that you have now purchased and own a portion of. I do like when you're young and starting out, not just owning an index, so owning some individual names that you do research on, Abraham, that you like or are interested in. And and again, like Ali said, look into the things that are interesting to you. If your favorite place to eat in the whole world is McDonald's, one, your parents are probably not very happy with you. Two, maybe buy some McDonald's stock. Or look at two, some other things like that that you're interested in. Or maybe like... Every time you go shopping, you go shopping at Walmart or Sam's Club with your with your folks. Then maybe buy Walmart because Walmart actually owns Sam's Club. Those are together. You could own some Walmart shares because that's a that's a place that you use and now you can own a portion of that company. So understanding the stock ownership part is super important. And young people, I just want to encourage you to start learning about what the baskets of stocks are. 
what the S&P 500 is, and then you can go on from there and learn about some of the other ones that are out there, like the NASDAQ or different areas. But learning about the S&P 500 is crucial because a lot of the time, and people I've seen who are even in college or, or later on in their careers, don't even understand how the overall market works or the S&P 500 works when that is such a crucial point to investing. So I think you really need to dive a little bit into that, learn a little bit more about how the S&P 500 works, and then go out on a limb and buy some different companies. I do want to bring it back just quickly to the account that you open. If you're going to open an account like this where you're just putting into investments that you hopefully want to use maybe to buy a house in the future or to just have that grow and then maybe use it shortly after college is over, you're going to want to use a custodial account. This is not a retirement account. It's an account that you're using just to put away that money and let it grow. It's similar to maybe the bank account that you're putting away savings for student for uh, for college. It's similar to that. You may do that at just a bank. But this one is like a savings account or a bank account that you can invest in. And your parents can help you open that at a Vanguard or a Fidelity or a Charles Schwab, one of those big, large custodial organizations. And you can start investing the money in just a custodial account. But again, if you're thinking about maybe having some portion of that money that goes into uh, a retirement for your long-term future, remember, if you were on the path to being a millionaire. $500 a month, every month for the next 30 years. With compound interest, you have a million dollars that is saved up. But if we think about that trajectory or you look at a chart that shows what compound interest does, it takes a very long time before interest starts really growing and has that exponential growth. Quinn has talked about before, if you had a penny double every day for a month, yeah, you wouldn't have a lot of pennies for the first 20 days, but then you get to day 25, 26, 27, 28, get up to that 30, and that's when you're doubling and that interest starts having a huge, huge impact. So if you're able to put a little bit of money today into a Roth, $20, let's say, in 40 years, that $20 would be $356. So putting money into a long-term vehicle like a Roth custodian at this point in your life will let that grow and have significant amount there for retirement. Oh, yeah. And he's going to crush it. What discipline already at 14. I love it. That's fantastic. All right. We do have a couple housekeeping odds and ends. We are sponsored by Jewel Financial where we do comprehensive planning for folks. We have a wealth development program. Feel free to reach out to us and and learn a little bit more. It's Jewel Financial, J-O-U-L-E, financial.com, where you can learn more about our wealth development program and what we do to help people as they're on their journey to wealth. Also, uh, we have questions. Obviously, Abraham sent in his question the custodial, not the custodial, the junior questions get bumped typically right up to the top. We love junior questions when we get them. But send those questions into podcast at DIYmoney.org. That's podcast at DIYmoney.org. All right, friends, the secret to wealth is really very simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest. Do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Everywhere we go, we be fine dining. Everybody know we straight cruise lining. They like, OMG, you so chic. But on the dance floor, yeah, everybody.
freak. I'm, a G. I'm the greatest day it is. No doubt about it. Thanks for listening yeah, to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.